0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to Mastering the PMP: a hundred situational scenarios every aspirant should know on how to solve them. By the time we're done, you will have a very clear idea of potential scenarios you could have on PMP exam. Let's jump straight in. The first ten scenarios are as follows. You are a project manager on a project. It is over budget. What do you do next? Or a key team member resigns. What should you do next? Scope creep is detected. Stakeholder conflicts arise. Quality issues are reported. What do you do next? Critical path delays are identified. Vendor delivery problems are discovered. Resource constraints impact the schedule. There's a communication breakdown with stakeholders. Or there are regulatory compliance challenges. I want you to take the next few minutes to think about what you would do in these scenarios. This will exercise your PMP muscle and help you to be able to effectively tackle such questions on the exam. But let me give you a few tips if a project is over budget you need to find out why it's over budget you need to understand the impact of the project being over budget how does it impact other things what about if a key key member resigns there's not much you can do about that but understanding the why is always helpful and then you need to find a way of either replacing that team member or perhaps the first thing you should do is similar to the first scenario, which is understand the impact, you see. So with all these scenarios, I'm going to be showing you towards the end a one-size-fits-all approach that you should have mentally towards all scenarios no matter what the very first thing is always define the problem so in all of these you need to ask yourself what exactly is the problem then if you are unable to properly define a problem then you got to break it down into smaller pieces and then work on gathering any data. That data will help you to identify the root cause. So let's go to the next set of questions. Project risks are not properly managed or change requests flood in. Perhaps they are inadequate risk reserves, low team morale. What do you do in all these situations? Scope is not well-defined. Ineffective project sponsorship. Inaccurate project estimation. Or perhaps there is insufficient stakeholder engagement at a particular level. What do you do? Incomplete project documentation or unclear project objectives now you know how the questions are going to be the questions will be dressed up with a lot of distractions and a lot of information in many instances not all but in a lot of instances you have distractors you need to be able to sift through the distractors and get to the bottom of the problem Which is why I tell people today in 2023, don't waste your time cramming a whole bunch of tools, techniques, inputs, and outputs. Those will not help you. When you have a question such as you are a project manager on a project, at point X, you discover that the project risks are not effectively managed What should you do next? Knowing a bunch of tools, techniques, inputs and outputs are not necessarily going to help you choose the right option. It is your understanding of holistic project management and logic when tackling situational questions that will help you. Let's move on. Scenarios 21 to 30. Project team lacks necessary skills. Scope statement conflicts with the contract. Project milestones are missed. Stakeholder expectations are misunderstood. What should you do next? Are you already thinking about what to do? I hope you are. Because that's a sign of understanding content. So if a project team lacks necessary skills, don't fire the team. Help trained coach mentor if the scope statement conflicts with the contract there needs to be a discussion not litigation not arbitration no if the scope statement is in conflict with the contract there needs to be collaboration remember the agile manifesto is a great guide it's a great compass to tell you what the PMI is likely looking for they're looking for customer collaboration over contract negotiation another way of knowing what to do in all these scenarios is look at the 12 principles of project management from the PMI that is going to help you as well so what do you do if Resource allocation is conflicting with reality? What do you do if there's inadequate risk identification or project dependencies are unmanaged or vendor disputes escalate or there's inaccurate progress reporting or scope changes not documented? What do you do if the project schedule is not baselined or there's inadequate contingency planning? What is contingency planning? Of course, you need to know that first. If there's an incomplete project schedule or conflicting project priorities, what do you do? Take some time out, my friend, because this is not just going through a rote bunch of potential scenarios. I need you to hit the pause button and I need you to think. What would I do if... I got a question about this. If team members are multitasking excessively, what should you do? In your mind, I hope you're thinking about WIP limits, work in progress limits. What about if you have insufficient testing resources? What is the best thing you could do? Project benefits are not realized if they are inadequate project monitoring tools, or stakeholder disengagement or inadequate project closure activities what do you do you see this is a mini workshop for you to truly ask the question hmm what would I do if I got a question like this you know and to set up the question always think like this you are a project manager on dot, 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 whatever that is. It could be a large scale engineering project. It could be a large scale pharmaceutical project. It could say an agile oriented software project or a predictive construction project. It will give you the details. Your project schedule has not been baselined, and you're in phase three. What do you do next, you see? So you need to understand this language, this context. Don't go off cramming ITTOs in inbox six. It will not help you. Understand context. Understand, of course, what the definitions mean, but move on from understanding into thinking about how to tackle these scenarios. Don't waste your time with formulas. It's not going to help you. Understand SPI, CPI, CV and SV, the philosophy behind it. But then you've got to move on and you've got to be able to tackle these scenarios. Okay, let's move on. Quality standards are not met. What do you do? ineffective issue escalation process. What do you do? Incomplete procurement records or schedule compression risks, inadequate stakeholder communication, inaccurate cost forecasting, or the change control process has been ignored by a stakeholder. What do you do? Number 48. Inadequate risk response planning or 49 resource availability mismatch. What do you do project managing? What do you do if the project is not aligned with strategic goals? Can you do something about that as a project manager? I really want you to give these some thoughts. Agile teams lack cross-functionality Sprint goals are not met or continuous integration issues occur. Agile backlog is misprioritized. Who should do something about that? Is it you? Or should you bring that to someone else's attention? What about number 55? Stakeholder demands frequent changes or the agile team overcommits. What do you do? What can you do? Or ask yourself the question what would have prevented this from happening? How would you have prevented the Agile team from overcommitting? Or how would you have prevented inadequate Agile training, or velocity fluctuations, or poor user story definitions? Or if the Agile team is not self organizing, what should you do? I need you, my friends, to take some time out and digest 51 to 60. When you're done, hit the play button. Are you done? Did you really give these some thought? I want to wager that you didn't. Some of you did, but some of you didn't. Spend some time. It will help. Think about it like this. In the world of Agile, you have the scrum master or servant leader, if you will, or project manager, you can be product owner, and you have developers. Who could take care of these issues best? Sometimes it's going to be the team. Other times it's going to be the product owner. And sometimes it's going to be the scrum master. All right, let's move on to 61 to 70. What do you do if agile retrospectives are unproductive or if there's insufficient customer involvement? What do you do if the agile estimation inaccuracies? Could that be as a result of poor capacity planning? Could that be as a result of ignorance when it comes to velocity and its Use in agile. Could it be as a result of lack of understanding of the cone of uncertainty? What about 64 agile ceremonies are not followed or there's product backlog mismanagement? What do you do if the agile team is experiencing conflicts or if there's ineffective sprint planning? What about scope creep? Is that possible in an agile scenario? What do we mean by scope creep in agile? And who should nip that in the bud? Who should? What about if the agile team lacks empowerment or if there's resistance to agile adoption in a business unit or in an entire firm or on a team? What do you do? Take some time out, my friends, and really give this some thought. Let's move on. 71 to 80. What do you do as a project manager, servant leader, team lead, whatever you want to call the role, if there is Incomplete agile acceptance criteria. Where should the acceptance criteria be? What is the difference between acceptance criteria and definition of done? And the difference between definition of done and definition of ready, Think about that. What about if there's agile team burnouts? Or inadequate you know, agile metrics? What about if Agile impediments are not addressed? Whose job is that? What about if the Agile team lacks focus? Or if the project lacks a clear vision? Who's accountable for that? Or insufficient project funding or number 78? The project lacks a dedicated project manager. What should be done? What about inadequate project tools and technology or the project lack stakeholder buy-in? What do you do? 81. The agile team lacks a scrum master or a product owner or a clear definition of gun. Where should the definition of gun be? Should that be in a team contract? social contract, team agreement, or should that be somewhere else, like an Agile project charter? You should know the answers to this, and you should know what to do if the team lacks a sprint backlog, product vision, a release plan, if the team lacks a sprint review. What about if a team lacks a sprint retrospective? Who do you think is accountable? What is the Scrum that I tell you about the role of the Scrum Master? It says, the Scrum Master should ensure that all events take place and are productive. But what should happen if... The team lacks these events, including a daily stand-up and a burn-down chart. Is that a problem? I really want you to think critically about this. Okay, this is the home stretch. If the agile team lacks a velocity chart, product increment, user feedback, that would be horrendous. But what would you do? Or a product roadmap or the definition of ready or there's no product backlog refinement that could be problematic And when I say no product backlog refinement you need to understand from PMI's agnostic lens in the Agile practice guide mention is made of backlog refinement so this is not strange if you have read your Agile practice guide It's right there. We recognize backlog refinement as an event in the world of the Agile Practice Guide. So you need to look at these from PMI's lens, not just blindly quoting PMBOK 6. Right? Don't get me wrong. I love PMBOK 6. It's best when it comes to defining a coherent process. PMBOK 7 isn't all that great. When it comes to a coherent process. Penbox 7 is great with the principles and an agnostic view, but when it comes to process, it's not that great. However, focus on the exam is again not root pen box six process. So while Penbox 6 adds a lot of value, mindless cramming isn't going to help you. What about if the Agile team lacks a product demo? In other words, sprint review. Or number 100, the Agile team lacks stakeholder feedback. What should you do? What is the implication? What could you have done to prevent this? I hope these 100 scenarios are helping you think in a different way instead of thinking tool, technique, input, output, method, model, artifact, no, 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 slow down and spend a good amount of your time going over this video at least 10 times and asking if this were to present itself, do I understand the scenario to begin with? Am I solid in the approach to solve this problem? now? We're only just beginning, my friends, because there's more we need to talk about. Let's move into the next section where I teach you what I have coined the dig-siv approach, D-I-G-C-I-V. Now, you're used to hear me talk about this, some of you, with six parameters, but I have added some additional parameters to help you. The dig-siv approach is an approach that you use to tackle any problem, life problems, team problems. But I have tailored this to help you on your PMP exam. So number one, whenever you encounter a problem, define the problem. That's number one. Always understand what exactly the problem is number two break down the problem into smaller pieces as needed number three gather data the data is going to help you identify the root cause and to do thorough analyses to generate alternative solutions number six choose the best solution and in the real world, you would implement the solution. But on the exam, do a mental check. In your head, do you think that solves a problem? Do a check. Number eight, verify solution effectiveness. So go through the scenario in your head, and if it adds up, then go ahead and choose the option you did. But if not, return to number one until you get clarity. I call this the dig SIV approach. The overarching framework is to define, identify, generate, choose, implement, verify. Steps two and three have been added for clarity purposes, breaking down the problem and gathering data. Let's move on. In conclusion, these are how you will tackle situational problems questions. This is going to help your thought process. For my speed demon friends who whiz through questions in seconds, you might want to take some advice on these tips. Number one, read carefully. Read the entire question slowly and deliberately. This is going to help you in your prep. Now, you obviously have to read faster, but as you practice leading up to the exam, read the entire question and train yourself to, because you could blow past important information. Number two, identify the core issue. Focus on the main problem or challenge. Number three, determine the project phase that you're in. Recognize the project life cycle phase. Am I in analysis, design, develop, test, implement, or something else? Which process group am I in? Am I in initiating or am I in planning? Am I in executing, monitoring, and controlling or closing? Always ask yourself that, and it will guide you towards the sensibility of the solution. Number four. Recall the project management processes. Always aspire to align what is happening in the question with one of the related 49 discrete project management processes, especially when in the world of predictive, when in the world of hybrid, do the same. Because I dare say that every single scenario can be tied back to a process. For example, Sprint Review, has Validate Scope. Sprint Retrospective, that can be tied to Manage Project Knowledge and Close Project or Phase. What about Backlog Refinement? That's Planning. It's Planning Across Scope. It's also touching on Requirements touching a little bit into schedule because those pbis need to be broken down and you need to understand the time box within which they can be accomplished you see where i'm going with this so number four is very important it's like being thrown out of a helicopter as one of my students dre said and landing in the middle of nowhere but knowing where you are based on your understanding of the 49 processes Number five, eliminate extreme options. Avoid drastic measures such as firing people. Drastic measures such as shut down the project. There are some times when you are told to do something that sounds reasonable, but it's beyond your power. You cannot shut down the project as the project manager project sponsor can, but you can't. So you need to look out for these extreme options and avoid drastic measures. Moving on, avoid generalizations. Beware of words like always and never. Number seven, look for the next logical step. Focus on the immediate next step. In some instances, for example, You've done a quantitative risk analysis. What should you do next? The answer wouldn't be a qualitative risk analysis. That should have come before. So you need to understand the sequence of things. Number eight, beware of distractions in options. There will always be red herrings and distractions. Keep focused and align with the core issue. Number nine, trust handbook Guide principles back principles that talk about stakeholder team stewardship complexity uncertainty and things like that those will guide you number 10 when all else fails or in the middle of analyzing use your gut instincts but verify and double-check your answer. A gut instinct can be very helpful. The great Jack Welch, he said it well. Go with your gut. And finally, my friends, by following this structured approach, you can enhance your chances of selecting the correct answer and navigating the complexities of situational PMP questions. Training, coaching, and mentoring. Go to praiseon.com And sign up for a number of my courses on Udemy. Find books and materials. You can take your EMP prep or even ABM prep or ACP prep to the next level. I wish you all the very best. Remember to like this video. Share it with your friends. Bye for now.